praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. All ye people, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, we give him praise. We give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just for two minutes, just for two minutes, lift up your hands and begin to worship him. Let's just worship him. Let's worship him. For he has done marvelous things. Amen. You are here. You are alive and well. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just lift your hands to him and surrender. Surrender unto the Lord. Glory be unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody can work. Anybody can praise. But not everybody can worship. Hallelujah. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy. Just worship him. Worship him. Let that river of living waters flow out of your belly in worship. Just worship him. For he's a good God. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. He's a gracious God. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We worship you. You are high and lifted up. And your glory fills the temple. We glorify you. There is none like you, none above you. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence being here this day. We honor your presence. We honor your presence. Hallelujah. Keep our minds and our hearts steadfast on you. And we shall bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Hallelujah. Tell me where. Where would I be? How fitting, how fitting. We bless God. Thank God for each and every one of you being out today. Here in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We bring you greetings from Mount Olive House of Prayer. Amen. We thank God for you being here. Amen. We thank God for Pastor Gloria Ingram. Amen. Being here in the front. Amen. Amen. We thank God for our assistant pastor, Robert Lee Lewis, being here. Amen. Wonderful. Amen. A great worship leader. Amen. Giving honor to God to Evangelist Hargett, our Deacon Nico. Amen. All the clergy, our Deacon Mark, our Evangelist Michelle. Amen. We give God glory and honor. And to you, you, and you. Amen. Thank you for being here. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Thank God for our visitor. Amen. Who came in with our sister April. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's good to have you here in the house of the Lord. We're missing so many. Amen. Who are out today. Amen. But we're here. We're here in Jesus name. Amen. And we're just going to bless God and learn more of his word. Amen. To help us walk in this life. Amen. For there is a word from the Lord. Amen. And we are here to seek and hear what the Lord has to say to us today. Amen. We're still under our subject. I must believe God. I must believe God. Amen. I can't do nothing. I can't preach right. I can't sing right. I must believe God. Got to believe God for my finances. I got to believe God for my job. I got to believe God is my source. As we was reading this morning, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. We were talking about that in Bible study. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. As my shepherd, he is my provider. He is my keeper. He is my security. He is my source. He is my savior because he is my shepherd. He is my guide. Amen. He leads me in green pastures and besides still waters. Oh, and what's good about it, he restoreth my soul. He leads me in the pathway of righteousness for his namesake. And get this, yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadows of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? For thou are with me. Amen. That's the comfort. Amen. So many people today are sad because of what this day represents for them. It was 15 years ago, I believe. 15 years ago, amen, that they took two planes, one into each tower of the Twin Towers. Amen. And you have a lot of people still grieving. Amen. They're still grieving. How many know the Lord is a healer? How many know he'll turn your mourning into gladness? Amen. That's what he does. He will give you, Michelle, he'll give you beauty for ashes. Amen. He'll make you go in the bathroom and wash your face. Take the ashes of mourning off and give you beauty for ashes. That's what he does. Amen. So we're going to praise him. We're going to give him glory because that's what we came here to do. We recognize his power. We know that death is a friend. Amen. When death comes, we can say, what took you so long? Amen. That's what the Bible said. For to live is Christ and to die is gain. Then Revelation said, listen, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord and their testimonies follow them. We're blessed. We are blessed. That's the word. I must believe God. Our thought for today, I am in spiritual warfare. Amen. You better believe it. You are in spiritual warfare. There is a battle going on for the mind of the Christian. And each and every Christian in here is in spiritual warfare. You may not be on the same level that others are. It all depends, it all depends upon your calling. It all depends upon your purpose. See, because Satan doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. So he will bring anything and everything against you that he can. He'll keep you thinking of the past. He'll keep you thinking about things that has been done. He'll keep you thinking like he, like he does a lot of the people with 9-11. He keeps them thinking about the past and the hurt and the pain of 15 years ago. But I say like Moses, God told Moses at the Red Sea, he said, tell the children of Israel, they go forward. See, it might be a big old sea in front of you, but see, we serve a God who can do all things. We are going forward. Amen. Look at your neighbor, tell them we're going forward. Amen. I am, yes, I am in spiritual warfare, but I'm going forward. Do not ever sleep in spiritual warfare. And when I say sleep, I mean get a relaxed mind. Become comfortable. Complacent where you are. No, you don't want those things. Not in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, you got to be ready to go into battle. You're like a soldier on the ground in war. You got to have your weapon ready. How many of you got your weapon ready? Do you have your weapon ready? I'm not talking about that weapon in your hand. I'm talking about that weapon in your heart. Is it in your heart? David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That word has got to be in your heart. So I am in spiritual warfare, the challenge for this week, to put my mind on a diet of the word only. I told you, you're not leaving that. To put my mind on a diet of the word only. Because the mind is a messy place. You may not admit it, but I will say amen. amen. The mind is messy. The mind can give you trouble. 
and a lot of problems. Many people are being held back from the things that God had, has for them because of their mind. If you are not living in victory, it's because of your mind. Because you have to know that God has made you more than a conqueror and that victory is already yours. Christ has already won the battle. He's already won the war. All you're doing is going through the rehearsal. But the victory is already won. Christ won the battle 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Put your mind on a diet of the word and then when it comes to spiritual warfare, you will be ready for the enemy. And no matter what he throws at you, you'll be ready for him. You'll take his best shot and ask him if he got anything else. Amen? Amen, Amen because this is what God has called us to. To fight the good fight of faith. Oh, say with me. I got to fight the good fight of faith. Tell them, I got to put the word in my heart so that it will guide my mind. The topic is very simple. Listen to your topic. Holy Spirit, help my mind. Again, Holy Spirit, help my mind. The mind is the place in the body where you can talk yourself out of fighting. You can talk your own self out of victory. Listen, you can talk your own self into depression. You can talk yourself into discouragement, into discontentment. You do that and no one else. Oh yeah, people may add to it by saying things that they shouldn't say. But most importantly, you don't have to let what anybody else say about you affect you. But it's all about where your mind is. And we need to ask ourselves that question. Where is my mind? Because you might be sitting here in your body in the church. That don't mean your mind is here. You can be here physically, but in your mind, you don't block me out. You be going around asking somebody what he preached about after service. What did he say? Because while you were sitting here physically, mentally, you had done checked out and don't even remember what the topic was. How many times do we sit in a company of people or sit in a crowded place and we done left? Music blaring and blasting, and somebody got to come along and say, hey, oh, you even, sometimes we can even forget where we were if our mind goes so much. Your mind has a lot to do with what God wants to do through you because the mind is the place where the enemy attacks us. I'm going to say it again. Our minds is the place where the enemy attacks us. He attacks us there. I was reading something from Bishop Dale Bonner and it really blessed me. Listen to what he said. He said, we cannot live above the level of our thinking. Again, we cannot live above the level of our thinking. The Bible said it this way, for as a man thinketh, so is he. Proverbs 23 and 18, as a man thinketh, so is he. And there's a, a lot of us that if we really look at it and really think about it, we are where we are because of our level of thinking. You cannot get more if you think less. We cannot be overcomers if our minds are overwhelmed. How do we do that? We can't. My thoughts can greatly help me or devastatingly hurt me. But it all depends upon my thoughts, my thinking. What am I thinking? You ever had somebody ask you that question? What you think? What you thinking? What's your opinion? 
Amen. Also, our thinking will not fall in line by itself. Our thinking needs the word of God to fall in line. Because unless we have thoughts that are higher than our thoughts, we will continue to think on the same level we've always been. But God is calling us here today. He has sent you here today so that he can elevate you to a new level of thinking. So that with a new level of thinking, you get new things in your life. Because you cannot go above your level of thinking. You cannot. If I don't think God can do it, God can't do it. I must think and know God can do it in order for God to be able to do it. But is my level of thinking there? We need to check our level of thinking. Amen. Listen to this. I cannot manage my thinking until I come under the management of God's word. See, some of us are still trying to manage our minds. And your mind is too much to manage yourself. The world, listen, what, oh, what's it, o- Oprah? I said it right now, Oprah? That's the name? Did I say it right? Oprah. Yeah, oh, thank you. Oprah wants you to get in touch with your spirit. That's how the world wants you to elevate your mind. Get in contact with your spirit. What would you say to your spirit if you was to speak to your spirit? For you couldn't make them any better. You can only make them worse. Isn't this what the psalm writer was saying? When the psalm writer said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Listen, he restoreth what? My soul. Not me. I can't restore my soul. Only the Lord can restore my soul. There's no sense in me trying to help myself because I can't. I won't be able to. I will fail. I will die trying. And I never will reach the level that God intended for me to be because I will try to do it on my own. And the devil is a liar. I need God's thoughts. Turn with me to Isaiah 55. Thank God for the word. Isaiah 55. Something that God said here when he was speaking to wayward Israel to let them know that there was a problem. And God plainly pinpoints the problem because there is a a problem with a lot of Christians in the church. And one thing is about it, a lot of them don't know, or a lot of us don't know where the problem is, or even where the problem started. But the problem is very easy to find. It's inside of you, it's the mind. That's where the problem is. Because Listen, if I think I can't do it, I can't do it. If I believe it won't happen, it won't happen. It's all in my mind. If I say it's going to fail, guess what? It's going to fail. Because I cannot go above the level that I think. Until I come to God's level and know where God wants me to be in faith, then I can make some things happen. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 55, verse 6. Listen to what God said. He says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Listen, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Listen to that. Forsake his thoughts. Listen, and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now listen to this. Listen to what God says. God says, for my thoughts are not 
your thoughts. That's a revelation all by itself. Let me tell you something. You read that in the morning, man, that ought to take you through the whole day. My thoughts are not God's thoughts. Listen to that. This is what the Lord says. He didn't stop there. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Listen to what he said. He said, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. God says, you think totally different from me. This happened when the sin nature came in to humanity. Once the sin nature entered, man didn't have the mind of God. He could not think on the level God wanted him to think. Remember when God, after God created Adam, he gave Adam the right to name all the animals and, 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 and Adam named them? Somebody cut the JR, see if you can cut this feedback. He named all the animals because he had the wisdom of God. He had the thoughts of God. He knew the ways of God. But then once sin came in, fear came in. Hatred came in. Blame came in. Because instead of Adam taking responsibility for what he did, he blamed Eve. And many of us, that's what we're still doing today. We're still doing the same thing that our mother and father did. Instead of looking at what we're doing, we're trying to blame somebody else. But the problem is not far. The problem is in your mirror. That's where the problem is. It's in your mirror. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Listen, listen to what the difference is between God and us. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And if God says that your thoughts is, my thoughts is higher than your thoughts, that only means that in order to think like me, you have to know what I'm thinking, saith the Lord. You have to know my thoughts. In order for you to walk in my ways, you got to know what my ways are. And my ways, saith the Lord, is in my word. Once you know my word, you know my ways. Once you know my word, you know my thoughts. That's why most of us fall into low self-esteem. Because we thinking for ourselves. That's why many people in the church are insecure. Because you're thinking for yourself. Let me say something. God made no one insecure. When God, you know what God said when he created us? It is good. He looked at you and said, it is good. He made you great. He made you higher than what you think of yourself right now. Because a lot of times, we think lower than ourselves than what we are. Now, let's be careful. Don't think more of yourself now than you ought to. Let's be careful now. You guys balance this out. Because somebody be like, my pastor, my bishop said, I need to think high of myself. No, 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 no. Come on down. Come on down. When I say thinking high of yourself, what I'm saying is getting in the word of God so you can think God's thoughts, but not get above yourself, but humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Oh, say it with me. I got to be humble. Say it again. I got to be humble. Turn with me to the 16th chapter of, of Genesis. We're going to read about the life of Abraham a little bit just to show you and to explain to you how thoughts make you miss the mark. I cannot even manage my own thinking. I will never get over my past until I change what I'm thinking presently. The reason why my past continues to haunt me is because presently I'm still looking at it the same way 
like it's still happening. See, but that's where the enemy wants us to be, to stay right there. And see, he'll sit there and he'll talk with you and help you say, yeah, remember what she did? That really hurt you. And don't you let go of this. You hold on to this. Because that's what the enemy does. He wants you to always think about what happened to you. How many know the devil is a liar? Oh, how many know the devil is a liar? Amen. God was dealing with his servant Abraham. We all know that Abraham is the father of faith. God called Abraham after the flood, after the building of the Tower of Babel, 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 yes. God called Abraham because he now was going to create his own nation in the earth according to his word. He needed one man to have faith in him. One man that would obey his word. One man and woman that would understand God's plan and stick with it and not move, no matter what happens. Listen, through bad financial times, through famines, believe God. And, and hold on to what God says no matter what happens to you. What I admire about Abraham the most is that Abraham was following an invisible God, but Abraham believed God's word. And because of that, listen what God said. God said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And I will make of thee a great nation. One time he told Abraham, he said, look up at the stars. He told him, count them if you can. He said, just as those stars are, so shall your seed be. I will multiply them like the sand of the sea. I will multiply you. Now, mind you, the closest that Abraham got to see of his seed being multiplied, he got to see the twins, Jacob and Esau. But can you number the Jews now? Even Satan, when he tried to kill six million of them back in World War II, God stopped him to save his people. And now you cannot count the Jews everywhere. You might be one yourself. You don't know. You just might be one. But you can't stop them. Just, just as God said, they would be all over the world. And they are. And God said it. When God called Abraham, he told Abraham that he would bless him with a child. His seed. And that seed was to come from who? Sarah, his wife. Keep that in your mind. Sarah, his wife, was to bring forth a seed that would bring forth the nation of Israel. Amen? And God encouraged Abraham, and he told Abraham to move from where he was. Why? Because Abraham was comfortable in his hometown. How many of y'all are comfortable where you are? Who's comfortable where you are? I come to let you know right now, anybody comfortable, you need to move. You need to move. What the old, what, what, what the old folks used to say, when the Lord get ready... You got to move. You can't become complacent or comfortable where you are when it's time to move. I tell people this all the time. I say, I, listen here, go to a church. If you don't want to be here, go to a church, but go to a church where the word is being preached. Do not compromise on getting the word of God. If you can't get the word, get up out of there quick. But you need the word. Do not compromise or don't get comfortable just because you a deacon. Don't get comfortable just because you on the usher board and you're not growing. You're still where you used to be in the Lord, but you're still with that church. Something's wrong. 
please don't take this in a derogatory way, but that's a retarded person. <laughs> Something wrong with the mind. And I say this honestly, for real. You cannot stay in a place where you are not growing. You should be moved to get up out of there and go where you can grow. Oh, say it with me. I got to go where I can grow. You cannot stay in a place just because you like being there. And see, Abraham was comfortable where he was. God had to get him out of his comfort zone to move to a land where he had never been. And God didn't give him a map. He just told Abraham, move out of Ur. Get out. Get away from your father's house and leave. See, I want you to understand something. God is speaking to him. But it's all about whether or not Abraham in his mind comprehends the greatness of what God is saying. And I'm here to tell you, Abraham moved. Abraham got up from where he was and left and never looked back. And the blessings followed him. The promises went with him and his family left with him that's a blessing now we get over here in the 16th chapter and after some time and God has blessed Abraham and protected him and kept him from different things and Abraham is walking now something happens in Sarah's mind but her name now is not Sarah yet her name now is Sarai. Because Sarai and Abram were on their way to where God wanted them to be. But something happened in the mind of Sarai. Because God didn't move on Sarai's time. How many of us are angry with God because he's not moving on our time. God, the job is not coming fast enough. Lord, the money is not coming fast enough. God, I should have been married already. I should have had children already. Lord, I should be in a better place than where I am right now because the mind will begin to say things and speak to us, but it's up to us to redirect our minds and get our thoughts in check and say, no matter what happens, no matter what goes down, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to start following my own plan. I'm not going to start walking after my own thoughts. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to, to compromise on what God has said to me? Listen to what God said, listen to, what God said to um, Jeremiah. God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, For I know my thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not thoughts of evil, to give you an expected end. Listen to God's thoughts of you. God has called you to do you good. God has appointed you to do you good. He has anointed you for goodness, not for evil. The things that you're going through in life is just normal things in life, but you can get over it because you are a conqueror. You can get over it because you are victorious. Because of what Jesus did, you can overcome this. But you, don't, you have let what you see get to you. You have let what you're going through keep you down. And see, that's exactly what Sarai did. I don't have a child yet. I should have had a child already. Because it's been after 10 years now, They've been with this same promise. How many know you got to just hold a promise? I love that song, Standing on the Promises of Christ our King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory, hallelujah, I will shout and sing. Why? I'm standing on the promises of God. Never leave God's promises. 
I don't care. Listen, I don't care how long it takes. Stand on his promises. Somebody say, I'm going to stand on the promises of God. Oh, say it again. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. That's all God needed Sarai to do. Stand on God's promises. Don't move. Hold on to the promises. How many know we got to hold on to the promises? Listen what happens in the 16th chapter, though. Listen to Sarai's thinking. Sarai says, Sarai says to herself, God needs my help. Come on now. How many of y'all, now y'all probably, well, I ain't never said that. You didn't have to. Your action said, your action said, well, God needs my help, so let me go do this for him. I can help him out. He might be a little busy. Don't you know that God knows each and every one of us by our names here? And he knows each and every one of us by our eternal names. Do you not know that God knows the thought before it enters your heart? He knows what you're going to think before you think it. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. Do you not know that every part of your body is written in God's book? And God knows every hair that falls off your head? Do you not know that if he keeps the sparrow, what about you who are greater than the sparrow that God gave you dominion over the sparrow? But Sarai decides, let me help God. He needs my help. So in Sarai's thinking, she thinks, since I haven't had a child yet, let me get my servant woman to sleep with my husband and she can have a child for me. Yeah, and this will be God's seed. First of all, she's walking out the plan. Tell your neighbor, don't walk out the plan. Tell your neighbor, don't walk out the plan. The plan was not for her maidservant to have a child. The plan was for Sarai to have a child, but Sarai got to thinking. Y'all see where we get into trouble? We get to thinking. And instead of thinking what God's thinking, we just start thinking. And the enemy's saying, yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. I think you should do that. That'll work. And sometimes we'll even listen to the enemy and say, the Lord said, the devil's a liar. I ain't never heard so many people walking around saying God said, and the Lord ain't said nothing to them. God ain't said a word to you, but you hearing your own self and you saying this, God, I want to know, is there a word from the Lord? Because when God speak, it will not fail. When God speak, it shall come to pass. And what God says will not go down. God said, my word shall not go forth void. It will accomplish that which I sent it out to do. In other words, my word will bring back results. And bring back exactly what I called it and sent it out for. So Sarah says, uh, Abraham, you need to sleep with Hagar so Hagar can bring forth the seed. Guess what Abraham's thinking is? Okay. I don't know too many men that would have said no. Especially with the wife's approval. Bless your heart. Abraham said, okay. <laughs> he ain't no dummy. And with Sarah's blessings, he goes to Hagar. And Hagar has a son for Abraham. Remember now, this was Sarah's thoughts. This is what Sarah was thinking. This is what we do a lot of times. We think that we got the answer. We think that we know how to solve the problem. And the reason why we're still bothered by it is because we have not sought the Lord. Did you not hear what God said? Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. 
but you're seeking your thoughts and not God. Seek the Lord. In other words, what did God say about your situation? What did God say about the circumstances you face? What did God say about your problem? Don't ask yourself. Don't ask. No. No, no, no. Don't start thinking on your own. You're going to mess up. Hey, God's thinking, well, I'm the mistress. I just do what I'm told. But then after Hagar gets Abraham and Hagar gets pregnant and Sarai can't get pregnant at this time, Hagar says, ha, I'm better because I'm carrying Abraham's child. And she makes Sarai angry. But listen, who came up with the plan? Isn't that just like us? We come up with something ourselves and then it fails and we want to blame somebody else and then she goes to Abraham and says, throw out the bondwoman. You told me to do this. Now all of a sudden, you don't, you don't like her. No, put her out. See how we do? See, now Hagar was all right till Sarah started messing with her life. And where did did all this start? In the mind. Because Sarai, listen, listen very carefully. Sarai came up with a plan in her mind and and created from the plan. And out came Ishmael. Oh, we're going to deal with this. Out came from the plan Ishmael. Something, listen, something was birthed out of, out of Hagar for Sarai that was in Sarai's mind, but it wasn't the blessings of God. And that's what's happening with a lot of us right now. We're coming forth with things that's not from God and we're putting our blessings on our own thoughts when God has said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. You cannot grow without the word. You cannot go anywhere without the word. You need the word to succeed. You need the word to achieve. You need the word to accomplish what God has put upon your life because in God's word is your purpose and your plan for your life. But you can't make it up as you go. And for God's sake, stop saying the Lord spoke to you and he didn't. Stop it. If he didn't say nothing, don't you say nothing. Remember one time I was on the phone with this sister and she, God, always uses her, always looking for God to use her. Talking to me, you having problems with your marriage. I said, no, I'm not. She said, you and your wife been fighting and y'all haven't been getting along and things have been coming between y'all. I said, no. I ain't going to lie to you. You tell me God told you something and it don't sound right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to let you know that don't sound like God because me and my wife ain't been fighting. We doing pretty good right now. Matter of fact, that was our best days. And you know what I told you? You know what I told her? Because I, I know the devil had done used her. You know what I, I said? No. I said, things are going good. I don't know where you, I, you know, I, I, said, I don't know where you got that from. That's right. But listen, what? that ain't the Lord. Right. And you know how I knew it wasn't the Lord? Look what she said. She said, oh, y'all doing good? <laughs> now, if God done told you something, now you questioning what you said God done told you, God ain't spoke to you. I ain't heard from us from that day to this day. Man tried to call my house. No, a woman tried to call my house after I got out the hospital. On call my house and tell me, 
tell your wife to stop being with my husband. I said, wait a minute here. I said, what are you talking about? Your wife been going to lunch and been around my husband. I just want her to stay away from my husband. Now, see, I had done just got out of the hospital. <laughs> Questions. I said, honey, you been bothering with this woman's husband? I don't even know this woman. Who is she talking about? Make a long story short, I said to her, well, I said, I'll tell you what right now. I said, we can solve this. I said, come on over to our house. We live on 122 South Street. We'll be sitting here waiting. We'll keep the light on for you <laughs> until you get here. She ain't showed up yet. <laughs> I done moved from South Street 15 years ago. I ain't seen her yet. But these are the things that the enemy will do to keep you from what God has for you because he will try to throw a stumbling block into your plan and to God's plan. But I'm telling you, don't you fall for the devil's voice. You let the enemy know, get out my way. Because that could have broke up my marriage. And I don't know what this woman had on her mind trying to tell me my, my wife and I are having problems. Why? Are you going to try to solve them? <laughs> this is what Sarai did. She made up in her mind, I'm going to solve my own problems. And Ishmael comes along, and now Abraham thinks, now listen to what Abram thinks. Abram thinks that Ishmael is the blessed seed. Abraham, even Abraham gets thrown off. Saints, listen to this. Turn to the 17th chapter. Just turn to the 17th chapter. Now, show y'all something that you might not see on the Bible on your own. After the birth of Ishmael, y'all listening? Listen real good. Somebody say what? Somebody say it again. What? Listen. After the birth of Ishmael, there is no record of God speaking to Abraham or appearing to Abraham for 12 years. How many hear that? All because Abraham and Sarai decided to walk on their own at that time. And for 12 years, there's no record of God speaking to Abraham. See, when you start walking on your own, God's not going to stop you. God's going to let you walk right on into what you want. Let me tell you something. How many fornicators we, how many ex-fornicators we got in here? How many ex-adulterers we got in here? Let me tell you, did God stop you? No. He did not stop you from what you purposed to do. You walked right into it. But you suffered. I suffered. Until I realized God is God. And I fear God. But this is what happens when we walk in our own thoughts on our own. Because see, the enemy's not going to tell you what's going to happen. He's not going to show you your marriage breaking up. He's not going to show you what, what's happening out there with you. He just tells you, go, go, do it. Had a young woman in our church one time. Decided she was going to walk out and do that. And she was single. Walked out and done that. And she wanted to get married so bad. And walked out there and went with somebody. Thought he really loved her. And wound up catching HIV. And I told her. Me and my wife both told her. We said don't go with anybody. Just serve the Lord. And let the Lord bring you a man. But she decided in her own mind. I'm going to get my own man. My own way. And she got it. She got a bonus with it. And he didn't marry her. And he didn't marry her. 
This is what, these are the things that we do when we walk in our own thinking. These are the things that happen when we come up with plans in our minds that has nothing to do with God. If you're saying the Lord is my shepherd, then stop following yourself. That means that God is your guide. That means that God is your protector. And if the Lord is my shepherd, then I should follow what my shepherd says and not walk off from the sheep. Because when I walk off from the sheep, I, might, I won't get back, not on my own. And then guess what? The shepherd has to leave everybody there to come and find me. Oh, God. Chapter 17, God comes. Chapter 17, God comes to Abraham. And now he's talking to Abraham. And Abraham doesn't think that God is going to do anything about Sarai. And God is saying, and Abraham is saying to himself, when God is talking to Abraham, he said, Abraham, he said, Sarai will give birth. And Abraham's like, me and Sarai ain't even playing around no more. How is she going to give birth? Because the only thing that Abraham is concerned about, listen, is Ishmael. See how Satan does? He brings something in that wasn't there before, and now we're so consumed with this that Satan has brought into our lives till now we done forgot where God, what God told us, rather. If God has spoke to you, don't you release his word. Don't you let go of his word, no matter what your mind says to you. Your mind is going to say a lot of things to you. Stay with God's plan. And God tells him, Sarah shall have a child. And Abraham falls before him and he begins to worship him. And Abraham says, oh, that Ishmael might serve you. That's all he was worried about. But God said, I will bless Ishmael. I will bless Ishmael. But Ishmael is not the promise. And no matter what you think, I know Sarah's, Sarah Sarai's situation. But how many know God can turn things around? Come on and give God a hand, praise, because he can turn things around. <clears throat> Come on and praise the Lord, because he can turn things around. See, you can never go above the level of your thinking, but if you have faith in God that God is going to turn things around, then God will turn things around. He will make those who hate you love you. He will make your enemy your footstool. And only God can do it. See, because God can take a dead wound and make it bare. Hope she don't mind me telling this. I remember when Sister Annette and Lee was coming to church for years. And she wasn't having no children. And they wanted children. And they were going to the doctor about children. And still no children. But see, I'm glad I serve a God who knows how to wake the dead. He knows how to put things in places where we can't. And I come to tell you that she had two, not one. There's two children there because God woke up the womb. And this is exactly what God does for Sarah. He awakes her womb. We go to the 18th chapter. And in the 18th chapter, God comes and he stops by Abraham's house. But he's stopping by Abraham's house before he goes over to Sodom and Gomorrah to see some things. But he stops by Abraham's house and Abraham invites him to eat and God sits. Oh, my God. God sits and sups with him. How many of us 
want to sit and sup with God. How many of us really want to sit in his presence and just talk to him for a while and say, Lord, sit in my house. Come in my place. Isn't this what Jesus said when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man open up to me, that I will come in and sup with him, and he with me. This is what God wants to do. He wants to eat with us, just like he ate with Abraham. He desires to eat with us, just like he desires worshipers. God desires worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. God has desires also, you know. He desires that you walk closer with him. He desires that you spend more time with him. He desires that you will read his word and believe it. He desires that you will have faith in him and in him alone. He desires that you will believe him for the miracle. That's right. He desires that you trust him and not your own self. And God comes and he speaks with Abraham. And then go with me to the 18th chapter. He's speaking with Abraham. And verse 11, 18. Listen, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, Sarah can't have no children. How many heard that? She can't have no children. She's not getting a monthly anymore. There's no children to come, according to what her body says. You see that? Her body said it's over. Listen, listen. Her physical said you're done. That's her physical. See, a lot of our physical bodies are saying it's over for you. I want to push forward here a little bit. Do you know that even though Sarah said at one time that me and my, me and my Lord are not having in, intercourse or, or relationship anymore, Sarah said that one time, do you not know Sarah died and Abraham
And you start thinking God can't do it, that's exactly what God can do. That's right. Matter of fact, he like doing things you think is too hard. That's right. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes. Yes. The angel told Mary, when Mary said, how can I have a child? Seeing I know not a man. The angel told her, what you know? Nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you. And he shall place that holy thing, that seed within you. Without of a man. God don't need no one to help you. Yes, he blesses us through people, places, and things, but let me tell you something. God can do it all on his own. He's been doing it for 6,000 years. I say he's been doing a good job. Let him do it. Turn around, turn around, tell your neighbor, let God do it. Tell your neighbor, let God do it. Give God a hand praise right now where you're sitting. Give God a hand praise right now where you are. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. In the 17th chapter, Abraham laughed. In the 18th chapter, Sarai laughed. In the 17th chapter, God changed their names from Sarai to Sarah and from Abram to Abraham. And God said that when the child is born, you shall name him Isaac. And what does Isaac mean? Laugh. For you will laugh at your own thoughts of how you thought that God could not do it. You will laugh at your dumb self for thinking that this was too hard for God. God is ready to make you laugh. And laugh at yourself for doubting him. Laugh at yourself for having unbelief. God said, I will make you laugh. Because is there anything too hard for God? Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. I don't know about you, but I had some times in my life where I laughed at myself. I laughed at my doubt. I laughed at my fear. I laughed at how worried I was when I thought things weren't going to happen the way I wanted it. But I wound up laughing at myself. It hasn't been easy paying this mortgage, but God. It hasn't been easy meeting the bills but God, is there anything, whatever God gives you, whatever he has ordained, he will maintain. He will sustain. He will do it. Stop doubting him. I must believe God. So to all this, I say, Holy Spirit, help my mind. Right now, right where you are, right now, where you are, with hands lifted, with hands lifted and eyes closed. All of us in here need it right now. It's not a one of us in here that don't need this. We need the Holy Spirit to help our minds. But there has first got to be a submission to the, and to be obedient to the move of the Spirit. You got to be sensitive to the move of the Spirit. Let him help your mind. You know that your mind is leading you off in the wrong direction. Let him help your mind. He has placed within you himself to give you power and authority over all the works of the enemy so that you don't have to go down a road and get lost. But he wants you to trust him. And give yourself totally to the Holy Spirit. Stop worrying. 
Stop arguing. Stop frustrating. Frustrating your own self. God told me last night, enough arguing. Enough being frustrated. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. No more bitter. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better because I want the Holy Spirit to guide me to where God has for me to be. So Holy Spirit, help my mind. Lord, I want your thoughts. I want your ways. I want your plans. I want what you have for me and not what my mind is trying to get me to take. You have blessings for me. You have great things in store for me for I has not seen nor ear heard neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has in store for them that love him he has great plans for you we mustn't let our thoughts get in our way we've got to release and pull down every stronghold we've got to cast down every imagination every wicked thought that puffs itself up against the knowledge of God and we've got to arrest every thought that's not of God we've got to arrest it and throw it behind bars and never let that thought come back we've got to arrest evil thoughts it all starts in us the fight is not outwardly the fight is in the inner man so Holy Spirit, help our minds. Lift us to new heights and new levels in you. We pray that our minds will come in subjection to God's will and to his word. We submit ourselves to you right now. Come on and say this with me, Holy Spirit. I submit myself to the word of God. I want to be what God has purposed me to be. The only thing that matters is what God says about me. I want to follow the will of the Lord. And right now, I submit myself as a true servant to the will of my living God. Bless you, God. Bless you now. We bless you, Lord. We worship you now. Just worship him for a minute. Just begin to worship him for your declaration. Begin to worship him for your declaration. If you know you meant it when you said it, just worship him for this declaration. Worship him for what you proclaimed. Worship him. Bless him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.